0: This is life. Hello, everybody. Hey, I'm glad you are joining me today. Uh, I hope you've had a chance to kind of catch up with some of the podcasts. We've been on a roll since the beginning of the year, and we're gonna keep it going and keep it moving. And I just hope it's been a continual blessing to you guys. It's been a blessing for me just to keep on coming at you. And, and we're gonna keep on doing this thing. And um, today, I'm actually gonna preach a sermon today. You know, so so hang on. I I, I promise. I'm I'm hoping it's gonna be good. I'm. I've been doing, if you kind of noticed, like the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of holding back. And a lot of that's because there are times where my brain is just simmering with, like, these new revelations. And I don't, because they are so new to me, like, God is really, like, it's just, for some reason, he's just really opening my eyes to a lot of truths that I never even considered before. It's just like, it's like once I kind of was able to kind of step back and... And just kind of really look at the Bible for myself. And when I say that, I know that sounds kind of weird because you're like, well, shouldn't we all kind of be doing that? Well, yeah, but you have to understand that when I was preaching on a regular basis and I had a church, um, I was under an authority, you know, above me. Uh, I had, you know, a congregation that I was accountable for and to and. You know, so I had to be very careful that I didn't get too wild or too aside, outside of the box. And I, and and you know, I mean, obviously that there, if there were things that you know that were that that was, an errand or whatever, I would have to you know go to the board or you know we didn't really have a board. We had leadership in the church or, go to the higher ups and discuss you know some 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 concepts that may you know need to be readdressed if we're kind of teaching or preaching things that cuz I think that we always have to be like that we always have to be teachable but for the majority of the time though um I just would just stay in my lane I would just preach what I knew that was going to be preached I you know was listening to the holy spirit and I you know, would we'll just be trying to be very mindful of what the sermons come out on on Sunday. And, but I kept it within a box. I mean, that's the best way I can put it. Like there's, there were certain, <laughs> kind of like, like the Lion King. There were certain parts of the kingdom that were had, that I'd never would just, that I would just avoid, that I would just go, not go there. Uh, just because out of fear or out of, you know, just like, there's kind of two crazy thoughts. And. I, my point is this is that since i've kind of now been really studying the bible really exclusively for myself and 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 just kind of trying to get closer to god and trying to really just to know more about his love and his kindness and his mercy. And, you know, I've I've said since the beginning of the show that I don't believe that the church talks about those aspects of God enough. We're really good at talking about sin and about hellfire and about all the things that people are doing wrong and judging and everything else. And yelling at people when they, you know, when the world's acting like the world, really telling them, you know, really good at telling the world they're, they're a sinner, you know, as if they don't already know but we really don't talk about his mercy or his kindness or his his grace and his you know and, and I've learned as I and I've always known it I mean every any it doesn't take much just open up the bible go to the, any of the red letters where Jesus is talking and that's all Jesus did right is he, he talked about about kindness and peace and goodness and he related with people where they were and he you know, just made an an impact on the people everywhere he went. It's like, you know, it, 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 it's so bizarre to me that Christians, like, we're afraid if people say a good thing about us. When they were literally building, you know, trying to cut, uh, cut out the ceilings of roofs so they could get to Jesus because they just, they were here so popular. People wanted to experience that because it was like they were just drawn to that love that he had. I mean, and that's the way we ought to be in our churches right now. It ought to be that people just desire and love and want to go to our churches. Like they're hungry for it. But knowing I read an article the other day that I think that since the late nineties, um, I think I think it was like 99 in like 1999, there was a poll that was done and 70% of Americans said that they went to some sort of church. Okay. don't matter what church just they went to church. Uh, now we're looking 20 some years later and you know what the the poll numbers are now saying? It's less than fifty. It's like forty seven percent of people say that they go to church, and I don't. I don't. We can't just blame the pandemic, you know. I think that um, there's a reason, and of course the church likes to blame it's sin or it's, you know, it's uh, this them Democrats or you know it's it's, it's whatever. I'm just like no. Guys, if people are not coming to the church, we ought to we ought to ask ourselves what what's going on. Why what is, what is it about the church that people don't want to be a part of it anymore? And we can't just blame it on all the the devil, you know, and all these other things that people love to just pass the buck on to eliminate responsibility for themselves. Uh, no, the reason why people are leaving churches is because we've lost sight of Jesus. That's just the plain and truth and simple fact of it. We don't preach Jesus anymore. We preach politics. We preach Christian nationalism. We preach, you know, uh, hell. We're really good at preaching hell, you know. Um, we, we, we preach fear. We preach um, all, all, all these different things, but we don't teach the goodness and the grace and the love and the, and the kindness of, the, of, the, of our Heavenly Father. And we don't teach the peace that comes with serving God. And you know, I I just I'm I'm we have to find a way back. We really we really just do. And so that that's kind of what I've been saying. It's like I'm I'm just learning so many new things lately, as I'm just I'm studying the word and just you know surrounding myself with thoughts and concepts that are just blowing my mind. Uh, just just in a good way where I'm just like, man, this is. My wife's probably getting tired of hear me hearing about of hearing me hear you know talk about all these things that's going through my brain all the time. Um, and so slowly but surely, I'm going to release them as I feel confident and comfortable um, because some of the things that I'm starting to believe now are con, con-, con- their the, the conflict with what I've been taught and thought and have taught for like the last 20 years. And I'm not trying to say that they're heresy or anything like that, but it's just like, you know, my, my faith is kind of starting to be deconstructed and I'm less becoming a church Christian and more of a Jesus Christian. I guess that's the best way I can put it. Like I'm less becoming more of, of a, what does the church want me to be as a pastor or more does what does Jesus want me to be as a pastor? And so because of that, uh, I'm just, I've, I'm opening myself up to a whole new world of understanding of what the goodness, the grace, and the, and the love of God really does look like. And in a lot of ways, it looks like nothing that I, uh, had been preaching before. All right. So, uh, with that being said, I want to talk today about something that's very, very important. And, and that is the will of God. Now, I'm not a few weeks ago, we talked about how Nothing that we do or say can alter the will of God. And I still believe that. I really think that's absolutely true. I think that God is the end-all be-all. He is either omnipotent or he's not. He's either the beginning and the end or he's not. Um, We do have free will, but what my point is is that God already knows what we're going to do before we even do it. So really we're just living out the invisible ink that he already knows. It's not necessarily that he's directing us or that we are... Being somehow pulled like, you know, like, like, like an oxen no, but we are living our lives, but God already knows what we're going to do before we do it. And he already knows who's his before, you know, I mean, he literally, the Bible tells us very plainly that God has already called his, those who his children are. So anyway, um, that's that, that, that's, that's what the will of God for our lives. But I'm talking about f- when we are living and actively moving and, 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 and in 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 existence, every day we're faced with decisions, you know, uh, relationships. We're faced with uh, experiences. We're we're faced with, you know, um, idea, uh, just encounters. Basically, every single day you know, a Christ follower ought to say that, Lord, whatever I do today, let it be glorifying to you, right? That, that's the whole point of being a Christ follower is that every single day we wake up and say, this is a day that I can glorify God and be the best representation of Jesus and his love to whomever I come in contact with. That ought to be our goal every single morning. And And so that question is to me is, what is the will of God for me today? How can I Live out that expectation, that expectation from him. Because if you remember, the Bible tells us pretty, pretty plainly about the expectation of his will. We're going to get into what exactly a proper definition of his will is here in a little bit. But if you remember, to if you remember, I think it's Matthew seven verse twenty one. Okay, this is a this is a popular scripture that is preached. Uh, in my opinion, is preached wrongly. We're going to get into that why that is. But you've heard this scripture before. If you've been in church at any time, you've heard the scripture before. Matthew 7:21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Okay? So if we are doing the will of the Father, which is in heaven, if we're doing the Father's will, then that gives us access into the kingdom of heaven according to the scripture. And just because you said the name Jesus, just because you are, you know, he says here, haven't I uh, prophesied and every you know, haven't we prophesied and every in your name, didn't we cast out devils? Didn't we do wonderful works? Did we do all these things? Didn't we preach, do you know, Jesus, all these things? He's going to say he never knew us. And that's because that even though you can have the, you know the job description of being a Christian that doesn't mean that you are a f- do the will of God. so it's very important to find out what the will of God is so that we can find ourselves in the category of those whom God knows who's his right? Uh, another scripture is uh, Matthew see uh, here uh, Matthew 12:50. For whosoever shall do the will of my father, again is that do the will it says whosoever shall do the will of my father which is in heaven, the same as my brother and my sister and my mother. So there's two things to look at here. Not only those who do the will of Father, uh, does Jesus say you'll be in the kingdom of heaven, but even more than that, you're considered the sister, the brother, the mother of Jesus. You are family with Jesus, you are adopted and as a part of the heavenly family when you do the will of God. So that tells me finding out exactly what that means, the will of God. If I'm a Christ follower, that has to be like number one, like that, that, that's what I want to do every single day. Say, God, let me do your will today. I want to be doing your will, not my will, putting myself behind. I want to put, do your will. Okay. So Pastor Sean That's great. What is the will of God? (laughs) Well, lucky for you and me, it's very purely, clearly defined what the will of God is. Okay, If you want to know how to do the will of God, you've come to the right place, and I hope that you share this with your friends and family, loved ones, because anybody who names the name of Jesus has to know this, that they want to follow Jesus, that they want to be able to do good works in his name, if they want to, I mean, it's not just about even going to heaven and it's not even just about wanting to be Jesus's brother or sister. Right. It, it's about really, being that light on the hill being that source of strength and inspiration and love and mercy for the for the for the world i mean that's what we want we want to be make a difference right at least that's what i want to do i i not want to just live with this life and 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 number one i don't want people to be miserable around me if, if they're going to be around me i hope that i can have some sort of positive impact in their life i know that i, I don't want it to be just that I exist in their life. No, I. I this is my. This is sometimes I'm talking about my own family. You know, my wife and my daughter. I'm talking about my best friends. I'm talking about my coworkers. I'm talking about, you know, strangers on the street. I mean, anybody that I'm in contact with. I just want it to be where even my smile radiates the love of God. And it it brightens their day because that is the whole point. The whole point of Jesus is to reconnect mankind to the Father, which is ultimate love. And he gives us his ultimate love unconditionally. And therefore, we now know how to give unconditional love to everybody else. And how awesome would that be if the church really practiced that? I mean, imagine if the church of Jesus Christ, if the, the body of Christ practiced unconditional love to everybody. And I say unconditional. I mean, no strings attached. I mean that no judgment. It is, it is all about unconditional love and letting God do the perfect work in their life for their, to help change them to what needs to be changed. We just have the opportunity to give them love and, you know, and direction and kindness and, a place of security that just we show them the way and the love to Jesus, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. So, what is the Bible? What does the Bible say about what is the will of God? That's that's what we've been waiting for, right? So, Micah chapter. Let me look here one second. I just had it up on my screen. Micah chapter six. Okay, Micah chapter six. I'm gonna go ahead and read. There's 6, 7, and 8. I think it's important to to bring this all to one conclusion. They're asking Micah, the author, what is it? How do do we do the will of God? What is it that required of us? So Micah 6, 6 says, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil, Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And in verse 8, says, He has showed you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? This is it. And for, for before I actually get to that, think about all the things that were just asked. What is it? <laughs> do you, God, do I come before you with burnt offerings? Do I have to seek forgiveness for every single sin? Do I need to be completely righteous? Is that how I do the will of God? He talks about sacrificing. Do I have to give in the offering, all of my money? Do I have to go to my bank account and drain it out and give it to the church? Will that satisfy? Them? Will that be the will of God? Well, it says, will I offer my firstborn for my transgression? Do I have to have extreme sacrifice in my life? And do I have to give of my soul almost? Like, do I have to like dig deep and actually you know, produce something that's going to be incredibly painful for me to give in order to get the will of God? But a lot of people think these things. I mean, man, people, the pastors will tell you, especially televangelists, right? You got to give till it hurts and that will be pleasing to the Lord and give to me and call us number and give this and that. And and guys, there's just no precedent for it. That's not, he's very plainly about to tell us that sacrificing and giving, that's not alone. it's not, that's not, that's not the will of God. What is the will of God? Verse 8. Let me read it again. He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Here it is. To act justly. And to love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. So let's look at it very plainly. The three parts there to doing the will of God. To act justly. To love mercy. And to walk humbly. Act justly love mercy, walk humbly. That is the will of God. That's it. That is right there. That's what the Lord requires of you and me. Now, what's interesting about this is some people would say, oh, that's hogwash. That's, That's too simple. But is it really? To me, those things are the hardest thing to do because it's complete opposite of what our flesh wants. Our flesh wants to have some sort of you know, um, exchange, you know, none of these things require an exchange. In fact, they require us to put ourselves in the back burner for God and for somebody else. And all the other things make us feel good, right? I gave of my firstborn. I gave of myself. I gave of my burnt offerings. I gave you my sin. I gave you my tithes and offerings. I gave you, you know, my, <laughs> I fasted, you know, all these things. And I guess all those things, I guess, kind of have, I guess, their place. But ultimately, they're not what God requires of us. What God is asking you and I to do, if you want to follow the path of the will of God, it is those three things. Let me tell you again. It is to um, act justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Now, let's break it down a little bit bit more. So, let's attack justly. What does that mean? Well, obviously, when something is just, it means it's morally right and fair. That means we we are truthful. We are honest with God. We're honest with people. We treat people fairly. If people are being treated unfairly by somebody else, we stand up and we say something. Amen? Come on now. You know, I'm sick and tired of... Us denying that there are not oppressed people in America and that Christians need to rise up and be on the forefront of helping those who are downtrodden. Don't get me preaching on that too much about it right now, but it's true. Justly. Okay, that right there is the will of God. If we are not standing up for justice, you're not doing the will of God. Plain and simple. And to love mercy. Now, what's interesting about that word mercy is I like to go go to the uh to to the, to the Strong's Concordance and look up the Hebrew or the Greek word, the original. Because what happens is is when the when it gets into the English translation, the Hebrew and the Greek are such beautiful words, and 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 a lot of times the English translation oversimplifies the beauty of that word. I like guess such a deeper meaning in a lot of ways than what we just you know, understand English to be. And this this particular word, I'm not going to probably say it right, but mercy is chesed, C-H-E-C-E-D. And it's all over the Old Testament. And basically what it means, it's everlasting mercy. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's the kind of mercy that only God, that you can only get from God. It, you know, where it is a continual practice it's not just having mercy once or twice or you know somebody you know says they're sorry and you forgive them no this is talking about where you love mercy not where you are waking up every single day seeking mercy for somebody else and of course mercy means compassion or the or forgiveness right towards some, shown towards somebody Who is within your power to punish or harm them. You may have justification to punish or harm somebody who did something against you. But because the will of God tells you to love mercy, you choose to overlook the pain and suffering you had so that they can be blessed and warmed and taken care of. Come on now. That, again, my friends, is the will of God. And to walk humbly. Which means not to be all high and mighty. I'm sick and tired of seeing high and mighty believers. People who think that just because they have an access, that they think they have access to the heaven, they can treat everybody along the way poorly now. It's like now that I'm a Christian, I can tell all, tell you all about your sin and all about the terrible things you're doing just because I'm forgiven and make you feel terrible about it. Man, we're all sinners and can fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us deserves hell and just as much as every single one of us deserves heaven. That's the truth. We are all, we are all in the same boat, and none of us are any higher than any others, no matter what our belief is. Uh, and, and so it's very important that we walk humbly, that, you know, it, it's just, it's like every single day we choose to see the goodness and the grace and the best part of people and we choose to focus on that to keep us humble because if you're more focused on the goodness and the graciousness and the kindness and even the smallest amount of goodness in somebody else's life and then that is where your focus is rather than looking at yourself and thinking how high and mighty and good you are and compared to and compared to them I mean, that's what I'm talking about, where you are walking every single day, focusing on even the smallest amounts of goodness in other people to keep you humble to keep us walking towards the will of God. So one last time on the will of God. What is the will of God? Anybody asks you, how do you do the will of God? Three things. You tell them. Go to Micah chapter 8. It is to act justly, to love mercy, walk humbly. Now, um. Let's go to back to Matthew chapter seven. Okay. We're going to go back to Matthew chapter seven because unfortunately when you're talking about the will of God, it's a lot of times gets really preached unfairly, not rightly because for some reason, even though salvation is a gift and there's no exchange for, you know, the, the salvation that we get from God, it is a free gift to all. A lot of people just have, for some reason, have this strange mindset that, um, we have to, how, how can I explain it? Well, not, okay. Well, it us a good example is when I was in, in school and, 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 we had the computer classes, right. And the typing classes, I don't know if they still do typing classes, but back in the day, uh, that's what we had. We had typing classes and, you know you would be doing your words per minute exercises right and so you'd have to you'd have all these words coming on the screen and you had to be sitting there typing the words as they come on the screen to see how many words per minute you do now if i'm just sitting there and i'm free to just focus on my work and focus on what I'm doing in front of me and there's no distractions around me. There's no, you know, by looking over my shoulder, I could just go in there and just I mean I can make those words come kind of alive and my words per minute can be great. But all of a sudden, when the teacher's doing their rounds and Mr. and Mrs. So are walking around and all of a sudden they stand behind me and start hovering over my shoulder, what, what starts to happen? Exactly you start to mess up, right? Because all of a sudden there's this added pressure behind you of, and you're, even though you are maybe really good at typing and you may be really good at fulfilling, you know, your objective in front of you and you're focused on it, now all of a sudden doubt comes into your mind. Now all of a sudden, you know, you you have this pressure that wasn't there before and you start messing up over and over more and more. And it's not a true, um, it's it's not it's not a tr- it's just not a true example of your capability in front of you, and this is the same way that the people and pastors are so good at uh, bad, I guess, but I mean that's what they do is like they 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 make God sound like he's like some sort of uh, you know malevolent, like he's over you about sitting you know sitting there waiting for you to mess up so he can just torment you and send you to fiery hell and just waiting for you to. You know, to to, to to make even the smallest mistakes so he can punish you. And it's like, that's that's who their God is. And I, it's like, that's not the God of the Bible. That's not who I see when I'm reading scriptures, especially not when I'm talking about Jesus. And that's what happens is a lot of people, when they read these scriptures I'm about to read you, that's the understanding of who God is in their mind. That God is this is, is just literally sitting there with his hand on the button to send you to hell as soon as you make the smallest mistake wrong, and that's just not the Bible. That's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught very plainly that when you give people, that when you give people a chance to do right and to repent, and you give them an opportunity to be free. And you show and you do that to them by giving them love and kindness and grace and opportunity, and you walk again, do you do the will of God by acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly? You do those things, people will naturally be do better. But when you're so consumed with sin and hellfire and you know oppression and keeping people controlled. You know, and, and, and that just does completely opposite of what you're, you say you're wanting to do in the first place. So anyway, Matthew seven twelve says, therefore, all things whatsoever. Let me, let me start. I'm a little on fire here. So I got to make it calm down a little bit. <sighs> Matthew seven twelve, Therefore, all things whatsoever you would do that men should do to you. Do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. That right there is the golden rule. You know it. I know it. Let me read it to you again. Whatever you would do, whatever you would that men should do unto you, you do even so to them. So in other words, do as unto others as you would have them do unto you. Number one rule. So Jesus taught you can hang the law and the prophets on that commandment. Okay? That is the commandment of Jesus Christ. Now. People forget that scripture. They go straight into the next one without acknowledging the context. And if you acknowledge the context of the golden rule, think about the next two scriptures. In fact, we'll we'll read them together just so you can have an understanding of it together. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would, that men should do to you, do you even so to them? For this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. This is, first off, this is not talking about hell. Okay, first and foremost, I, I cannot find any evidence of this scripture talking about hell. The hell is not the topic today. Um, but a lot of people use these scriptures to say. Many most people are going to hell. You if you're following the crowd, you're following the you're following them into hell. When, however, if you look at this scripture through the context of the original verse of the golden rule, think about it that way. For wide for straight is the gate, and wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which and go in thereat. In other words, the majority of people will not live by the golden rule. The majority of people will bring destruction upon themselves because they are so mindful more of themselves than somebody else, and they are more interested in hurting others who hurt them rather than taking care of them, that their lives become shambles. Think about it. Most of the time, you see somebody whose life is just a a mess Okay? It is generally because they have not treated others rightly and kindly and they also have no understanding of love for themselves. They definitely don't maybe not even have an understanding of love for God and, and definitely don't have any kind of understanding of love for anybody else. And that, my friends, is the path that leads to destruction. Your life will be shambles and in destruction if you do not live according to the will of God, which is to act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly your life will be a mess. And that is the destruction talking about. But verse 14 says, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. It is not in the natural order of mankind and our flesh to want to do kind and good things to other people. I don't know why. That's just not the natural way of it. But it is truly the will of God and the only way that we can fulfill God's great great commission to this world. To go therefore to all the world and preach the gospel by literally being the embodiment of compassion and graciousness to whomever will have an ear to listen. And and, and, and you and I doing our very best to, to do, do unto others as we would have them to do unto us. That is the narrow gate. Has nothing to do with sin. Has nothing to do with, 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 with this, with hell, or going to heaven versus going to hell. It's all about having a fullness of life, and you know, being able to have this, this knowledge that you're being able to go to bed every single night, knowing that I did my very best to make sure that God not only was pleased with me today, but that people were blessed because they were around me. That, my friends, is a good day. And that's what we should be all striving for. And then verse 15 keeps on going. Again, that same context. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravening wolves, okay? They're hungry for flesh. They're hungry for, for conflict. They're hungry for division, this is, unfortunately, kind of the way of the churches right now. It's like we're hungry for some sort of conflict. Like we're always looking for something to complain about, something to be worried about, something to cancel. It's like we're always looking for something to, you know, have an opinion about. And that's, my friends, false prophets. When we're so focused on how people are affecting or offending us or how they're taking away our rights as the church, when in reality, God is the one who's in control. And honestly, even as Americans, God at any point in time could pull the rug from this nation and it would be in his right to do so. My mind is not about making America a Christian nation. My mind is about... Being and planting a seed of faith to my circle and to whomever I'm around and let God take it from there. And then that ought to be all of our goals. Verse 16, you shall know them by their fruits. This is how you know the false prophets, those who are ravening wolves on the inside, but they come in sheep's clothing. You know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? In other words, do you, do you do, do, when you go out to the field to harvest, do you go out and you pull the weeds and do you pull the thorns and say, hey, look at all this wonderful, bountiful harvest I got. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of thistles and a lot of thorns in today's churches. Why? Because we love conflict. Because we love to have some sort of, some, I guess, some sort of barbs, I guess. I don't know. Maybe we're so... Offended that, that, that I, I I truly don't know I, I it just it boggles my mind and gosh if we can just find a way find a way to just see fruit being harvested again that that would just be wonderful and the only way we're going to do that is by again going back to verse twelve do unto others as as they would do unto do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Every so good, for, verse 17, even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. In other words, they're worthless. Okay, there's there's no use for them anymore. Wherefore, by, wherefore by their fruits, ye shall know them. What are the fruits? Golden rule. Back to verse 12. Okay? That's how you know. So those who are not coming to you with kindness, with grace, with love, with if they're not doing the will of God, which what is it again? To act justly, to love mercy, to uh, walk humbly. If they're not doing those things, then that's a pretty good indicator that there may be some sheep's clothing going on. And you know it's okay to call those people out because again, we are responsible for this world. We're responsible to make sure again that that people are taken care of. We're the caretakers of the earth, and we're the caretakers of the people in it. And so, man, I guess I'm just I'm just tired of seeing us just be <sighs> so lazy. It's like it's like we want the government to do our job as Christians, or we want you know politicians, or we want You know, our pastors only. It's just like, no, we have a job as a whole body and as a whole group to, you know, to do the will of God. So I pray that that's helped you today. I pray that you, uh, just like I did, can have this epiphany where all of a sudden we realized that I've had a wrong understanding of what the will of God is all this time. And I just, I, I want to do better. And I pray that you want to do better and that we can choose to, man, to make tomorrow better than today by fulfilling the will of God right now. I love you guys. Have an incredible week. Until next time, God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo.